they're like, oh, the the uh, you know the left, the left is grooming. They're grooming. They're grooming. They're grooming. And it's like, guys, you are grooming. Right. If anyone's grooming. It's you. You're grooming children to be forced straight, to be yeah. forced sexist, to be forced xenophobic. You're forcing that on them. You're grooming. Literally. Yes. The projection is wild. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Dig News Streams podcast. I'm your host, Dave Capozzi. This week, I welcome back my friend, Justin Best. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our conversation from last week, feel free to go back and listen to that before you check this one out. This time, we talk about his shift from being a Trump supporter in 2017 to someone that leads with empathy and love rather than political ideology. We also talk about the difficulty of healing while having a public platform. If you want to keep up with the podcast, subscribe to whatever platform you're using to listen right now. You can find a consistent conversation happening on TikTok if you search for my name, Dave Capozzi, and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Dig News Streams Podcast. Without further ado, my conversation with Justin Best. You started in 2017. You were a Trump guy, and we have not talked about this before. So I'm very curious. Like, what did your political journey look like alongside that deconstruction journey? Did you have, was it like one thing after the other, or was it like, hey, religion's gone, and now I've got to think, rethink politics? What, what kind of process was that like for you? Wow. So I think we mentioned initially on the last stream that I was sort of, trying to become a political activist through 2016. And then when I got into 2017, I started to realize that based on the, I guess, the end of all the research I was doing in different conspiracy areas, the end of each of those always led to, okay, like this existential question, well, what are we here for? What should we be doing? And what's the ultimate purpose? Hmm. And so my political activism sort of transferred into, I guess, Christian activism or or evangelism, because I thought that was far more important than arguing about uh, some policy that Trump has or Hillary Clinton's like dossier or whatever, you know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so honestly, when I got, when I left uh, focusing on politics and started focusing more on Christianity, I didn't, I didn't even talk m- much politics anymore with my audience or even with friends. We did it occasionally, but when we did, the default position was always alt-right Mm. Uh, hyper conservative. I had this sticker on my my car that said "extremely right wing" on it. <laughs> wow, really thought that was something to be proud of at the time. Yeah, but yeah, we're you know still pro gun and you know anything conservative ideologies wise was we we would automatically assume is probably correct. Now we knew that the the party and the platform was far from perfect, and that there I didn't never think. Well, I mean, maybe in the beginning of 2016, 17, I might've thought Trump was really a Christian, but by, you know, yeah, 2018 or so, <laughs> even as a Christian, I'm like, this guy's not a Christian. <laughs> Clearly using the evangelical churches and church leaders for his political purposes. And that's it. Um, I and think that didn't, funny. did that bother you? So like at any point when you were like, oh, he's not a Christian, but then were you like, well, he, the platform is what matters anyway. Yeah, it did. It did bother me, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, Because to me, 
realizing that he was sort of a, a fraud and a con who was willing to use Christianity for his ends means we can't really trust anything that he's saying and doing. He must have other, you know, uh, reasons for it or whether that be funding or, or something else. But uh, so, yeah, I kind of got to the place, honestly, by the time Trump was elected in early 2017 ish, I was already like, this whole thing's a mess. I mm. came to the conclusion that uh, politics was a sham that both parties were, uh, you know, sort of like a Haley Hegelian dialectic, you know, mm. build a problem, cause a reaction, insert solution here. And I felt like both parties were doing this to try and just uh, push a narrative. But to be to be honest and yeah. be fair, my perspective on the Democratic side being that way was very biased at the time. So sure. Maybe there was less than I realized at the time. And I just assumed, well, everything the left does is evil. You know, we thought we thought and still many Christians today think that the left is literally uh, funded by and ran by uh, these blood sucking vampires who, you know, are just nothing but full of strange sexual desires. And yep. uh, they want to create a global economy to collapse any individualism we have. And yep build this matrix of sorts. So I used to talk about the spiritual matrix that was being built that was designed wow. to keep us from really knowing who we really are in Christ. <laughs> oh man, that's so interesting because I, I think being someone who also was a Christian, I had, I had gotten out of conservative Republican even, you know, all that sort of stuff by the time Obama came around with him. I was an Anabaptist, so I didn't vote the first time around. Second time around I did, right. but but I started to, for me, it was like, well, individualism is anti-Christian. Mm -hmm. like, it's like against the movement. So I'm always, I spent so many years trying to talk to and reason with Christians about, especially around Republican ideals, not mm -hmm. because I was a Democrat, because I don't give a shit about that. I right. don't. But for me, it was like, why do you care so much about this party? when they seem to actually be the antithesis of so much of what we believe. Mm -hmm. Did you right. start to have some of those similar beliefs? Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, I didn't really, those belief changes and the, the way that hit me didn't really occur until much later. I mean, yeah. like I said, for several years, I was so focused on philosophy and theology that I thought politics was just a distraction designed to keep people arguing over nothing and getting nowhere. Yes. And so it wasn't until my deconstruction started uh, many years later so probably, you know, 2022, late 2021, somewhere in there, I started to rethink this stuff. And I I really had a blast doing it. Honestly, I enjoyed <laughs> like, I don't know, it, uncovering new information is thrilling for me. And so I mm -hmm. enjoyed realizing that like, wait, wait, maybe I'm completely backwards. And if I am, then that's really exciting because I'd love wow. to sort myself out. But so it was kind of like one at a time. Once we realized that Christianity had its flaws and faults and was not literally true, mm -hmm. then my wife and I pretty quickly were like, well, you know, does this mean that there's really no reason for us to have hatred and anger and judgment towards the homosexual community? Wow. You know, does, does this mean that we really should reconsider some of the the ideas that we just took for granted because we thought they were biblically just ideas, even gun control and things like that. I recently yeah. did. And I'm, you know, a combat Marine. I have firearms in my home. I've, I've taught firearm instru instruction and all this stuff for years. Yeah. And um, I was always like adamant second amendment, 
you know, everyone should have a gun so no, so that no one will use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, dude, it's crazy. It's like sounds. No, like, I get, I get it. Sounds like speaking uh, Christianese too. It's like just so backwards. But <laughs> um, so I started to go. Well, let's look at the other data. Let's see what. Let's see if there's really truth behind that. And just like just the gun control issue by itself was a perfect example where we realized that this sort of this sort of push that the right kind of uh, encourages is this idea that if they take all of our guns away, then we will no longer have individual liberties and freedoms to protect and defend ourselves against a tyrannical government. Right. This is step one. Taking guns away is step one in into creating a socialist or communist environment. Yes. And so as long as we have those guns, then that will never happen. And um, mm. additionally, I believed that if, you know, like I said, one-on-one -on -one from man to man, woman to woman, if everyone was armed, they could defend themselves. It's like an equilibrium thing. Yeah. And I just took it for granted until I looked at the actual statistics, <laughs> you know, and, and that's like when I left Christianity, I, I became hyper addicted to statistics yeah. over any sort of qualitative conjecture. I wanted yes. data, you know, and when I looked at the data, it was, it was backwards. It was upside down. And, uh, you know, I tried to, I tried to think my way around some of it, but I really couldn't. The data yes. showed that when there's less people armed, less people are violently hurt. <laughs> right. You know, the data shows that Norway, Japan, uh, Sweden, the UK, uh, many other countries who have taken away arms don't deal with mass shootings. They don't have the high, they have literally half the level of violent crime, suicide, and all these type of things than we have. So where is this huge threat of all of us being, they say, oh, the criminals don't follow the rules. So they're still going to get their guns and mm. then you're just going to be left defenseless or whatever. Well, we don't see that playing out in the other countries. We see, yes. we see peace. Um, and then the other thing is abortion. <laughs> that was another big issue. And, um, you know, just the idea. It's so funny now in hindsight, the idea that um, life is sacred. It, it starts at conception and there's no excuse ever to to kill or unalive an innocent child, etc. Um, and the irony of that now that God does that all the time oh, <laughs> in oh, the Bible. But but the bigger issue for me is not uh, the the debate about when life begins or if a child is viable or if a if a girl who's you know graped should be forced to keep the grapist baby and raise it like those questions are all um also you know important things to think about but for yeah. me it was more about personal rights yeah and that's where the the switch started to really flip where i was like wait a second all this time i was totally convinced that the right wing was all about individual rights and freedoms mm -hmm. and liberties and, and that and that somehow translates to guns and trump flags and, and <laughs> budweiser beer you know <laughs> it, it is wild when you think about the the glaring inconsistencies and mm -hmm. I think that's what's hard is that when someone points out a glaring inconsistency, like you started, you're a truth seeker just generally, right? which is why you pursued the path you did with faith and then ultimately with politics, just anything in general. You're like, well, that doesn't work. So it must not be this fully. There's maybe some aspects of truth, but not fully. It's just interesting when you notice those glaring inconsistencies and you're like, well, hold on a second. Aren't you the Liberty Party, but you're taking away books? Mm -hmm. And you're taking away people's bodily autonomy and you're taking, you're just, you're, t you're the ones taking stuff away. Exactly. So help me understand. 
Exactly. Yeah. Even uh, with cannabis was another big one. I'm a huge advocate of medicinal cannabis and even recreational cannabis uh, for those old enough and wise enough to not be an idiot with it. But yeah. um, Yeah. We have it legal up here. You know, it's you have it legal where you're at Massachusetts. Yeah. We're oh, nice. Nice. Good. Good. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very I really believe it's a a healing herb. I really do. So I'm really into herbology, too, and holistic medicine. And I've always tried to solve my problems, um, even autoimmune issues with herbal medicine and food instead mm. of instead of synthetic medicines and drugs and stuff like that so yes it was really important to me uh, that you know we have the liberty as human beings to go out and cultivate and grow and just grab a plant out of the ground and use it to whatever need we want to because it's a part of nature and i see and i saw then that it was the liberal states making this available to people and, yeah. and people were beginning to heal and use it for for its pro- appropriate uses and it was still the conservative states that were like, no, 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 no. The weed is of the devil. Marijuana is evil and all this. And just holding on to these crazy ideas that are not backed by any real scientific data. Just, just again, qualitative instead of quantitative data. Yeah. Just conjecture and feelings and like, oh. The, the, and that's that's what I noticed too is people like to sort of stereotype and pigeonhole people and say, oh, well, they only want it because they're lazy or potheads mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And it's like, dude, I got a... My first master's degree with a 4.0 and I was smoking the entire time. And then I got my second <laughs> master's with a 4.0 and I was smoking the entire time. And I built my Christian truthers channel while I was smoking. And I built my, <laughs> so it's like, I don't, I'm not buying this whole like kills brain cells, makes you lazy thing. Um, but that was another example. I was just seeing, again, conservatives taking away liberties, just like you yeah. said, they, they don't want to let people choose what they do with their own bodies, with their own plants. Um, right. So yeah, once, once that started to really hit home again, late, late 2021, 2022, I started to say, this is exciting. Maybe I was wrong about every single thing. And honestly, the biggest thing that I really clung to was, was empathy Hmm. because like we talked about in the last one, I started studying narcissistic abuse and empathy and, and myself as a highly sensitive person, empathetic person, what that means for, for me. And I just feel it's, I feel that it's so much more natural for me to love uh, people who are LGBTQIA. Totally more natural. I I had friends in the Marine Corps who were that way. They were in the closet, obviously. Never really bothered me. But the more I became religious, the more I realized, well, these people are sick. These people have a disease. You know, these people are, are, uh, they're mentally disabled or whatever they have an issue with. But it was so freeing to let that go and say, that's not even remotely true. That's not what the data shows. And honestly, I already know already know hundreds of these people and they're not sick. They're not grooming. They don't want anything except to just be left alone. So why is it that once again, this Liberty party of Christianity and conservatism is just attacking, attacking, attacking these people for literally no reason. Right. So you had a sense of, you saw their humanity and you didn't see anything wrong with them, but you had internalized a belief that said there was something wrong with them and that they were destined for hell if they didn't Mm-hmm. Ant or whatever, mm-hmm. being able to let that go, I can see how that would be freeing and exciting. Very much. And, and at the same time, all of it is very disruptive, mm-hmm. especially for people who have built their lives and livelihood around this stuff. And as you shifted, so when you shifted, the since you had been focusing the majority of your content and everything on faith and the Bible, did you also address some of these political shifts too? Or was it still more focused on that deconstruction, uh, deconstruction of Christianity? 
Yeah. So uh, on YouTube, I have not really YouTube is more of my, like my long form study type stuff. I don't, I, I started repurposing TikToks and posting them over there too, but it was, it's more of like my deep dive, you know, 20 minutes to an hour long video type things. Yeah. And for that, I've only focused on theology primarily, but I really do need to, I would like to make a documentary specifically about my political transformation and social transformation because um, so far I've only been doing that on TikTok. Mm. And again, like when I went out, when I started talking about this stuff on TikTok, I had no idea what the response would be. I just expected to be just attacked and slandered <laughs> and hated. Yeah. And I was surprised at the amount of support that I got saying, Hey guys, ex-conservative <laughs> here, kind of embarrassed to say this, but uh, <laughs> I just realized that we're trying to take away your freedoms, you know? Oh and, man. Uh, they were very, very supportive. And so now I talk about that as much as I can, whether it, whether it be uh, parenting, mm. uh, gay rights or women's rights is another huge, yeah. huge one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like to talk about that stuff, but I haven't. Well, well it makes sense know. because so many people feel like it's a useless conversation. Mm -hmm. Like what's the point in us even talking about it? Cause no one's going to change their minds. Right. And to, to see people like myself or you or others who once thought the way that we did be on the other side of it, I think gives a lot of hope to people. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's really interesting to see how interconnected that evangelical worldview, which, you know, many of the people who are on the right would might not identify as evangelical, right? but their minds have been so formed mm -hmm. by that worldview that it's a natural leap to have all those logical inconsistencies that the Republican ideal sort of offers. Right. Um, it's not that. So when you begin to deconstruct and you're starting to notice all these, well, hold on with this, hold on with that. At what point are you like, well, what can I even trust? Like, what about the way I see the world is trustworthy? And is there, was there any point where you found yourself just like, I think I'm going crazy. Or were you just like, you know what? I'm finally sane. Like, was there any of that spectrum going on for you? Yeah. Yeah. I did do a lot of like, I had a lot of self-doubt, a lot of questioning of, of myself, for, definitely. Um, and I, I don't know if, like, again, I don't know if there was a single point where there was like a, a an absolute shift of all things. But yeah, it it really felt more like uh, weights were coming off. Mm. It didn't feel difficult. Like, it wasn't like, oh, man, now I have a whole new paradigm I have to try and explore and figure out and understand. It almost felt natural to remove those things. It's almost as if um, the conservative ideologies I had were uh, sort of difficult to justify. Yeah. And I only could justify with scripture and with the popular uh, conservative mindset. We all, we all agree on this. So it's <laughs> got to be true. Plus the Bible says this and this, so it's got to be true. But I, but I knew deep down that it was difficult to make those arguments and we would always be on the ropes fighting with actual libertarians about these type of things. Yes. Um, and so when I started to realize that this is, this is not correct and I needed to switch my, switch up my ideas. It was actually easier than harder. I would say mm. to, to go, okay, this makes way more sense. Like, yeah. This is much easier to just realize that uh, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness means every race, every gender, um, every non-gender, <laughs> every person, every human, 
you know, yeah. they should have yes. the ability and freedom to make decisions for themselves about what they wear or who they love or if they have a baby and all these things. And that's Oof. easier to me to to sort of stomach than everything else. That's incredible. And if you think back, we're in May 31st, 2023. If you think back two years from now, you are not saying or believing those things. No. And, right? And it's just such a a beautiful and epic transformation to go from this isolated we're the ones who are trying to figure this out and get it right mm -hmm. to just being open to the beauty of all people there just the fact that they can make choices for themselves is such a drastic shift mm -hmm. that i have to imagine the reverberations of that shift play out and might sometimes surprise you i'm mm -hmm. guessing because i know my own experience do you, are there times now when you're going along your days or you're talking with Jackie, like your wife, um, and you're just kind of like, how did we get here? Or are we, where, where are we off to next? Because ultimately, you know, things shift and change as life goes on mm -hmm. and you're not ever going to be the same, think the same. And right. what is that looking for you, like for you today? Are you just sometimes, sometimes baffled by the drastic shift that it's been? Yes. Um, I, I am. I think that I've, in my opinion, I've found more, um, I guess you would say it's ironic because it seems like a more stable sort of rigid, solid ground that I'm on now. Mm. Although it's, it's something I arrived at by being willing to be wrong and being willing to change. But <clears throat> wow, I, I, because when I left Christian philosophy and conservatism in general, and I started digging into other, I guess you would say, philosophies of life and worldviews. Um, because the worldview I landed on just so happens to be one where I believe now that our our experience is the purpose yeah. and there is no other real yeah. purpose except to experience what we're experiencing. And of course, there are wonderful qualities and traits in humans that I, I encourage, which to love and give and share and, and uh, discover and these are all wonderful things and to be willing to be wrong and to be willing to change all yeah. those are wonderful things. But I think that at the point that I'm at now, I could be wrong and change my mind a million times from now until I die. And I don't think that will change my belief that uh, at the end of the day, if everything we're doing isn't done with empathy and love and compassion for others and, and uh, with the realization that we probably never will win this game. It's not mm -hmm. the point to win. And the point is to play and the point is to enjoy. And so hmm. uh, when I was in more of like a rigid belief construct, I thought there had to be a, a more, a deeper purpose, a deeper yeah. uh, mission. There's something we were waiting or trying to accomplish and waiting on Jesus to come, waiting for the second exodus or whatever it was, and waiting for the government to change and waiting for the world to change. And now I don't really feel that way. I don't necessarily believe the world will i mean i'm sure it will change you know yeah. but i don't believe it will end up in a certain place and it needs mm. to get there and if we're not on the way there that's a problem whereas before i, I felt like we're off track we're not we're not making progress i'm not making progress whatever yeah. it is and so now that that lack of requirement for that supposed end state kind of relieves me from being too worried about what what comes next and so uh. yeah i i, I I honestly just believe that ultimately it doesn't really matter what people believe in terms of 
uh, where they go after they die, and, and if God exists and stuff. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. All that matters to me now is are people's individual beliefs inhibiting the freedoms and liberties of other people? Are they yeah. causing damage to other people and things and things like that? So, oh, I love that yeah. so much. I I think I have answered the faith question this way a couple times, where um, I'll say I don't need anything to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, and I love that what you said, like just a willingness to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a rare quality in conversations where you hold something to be true. You hold it in high regard and you also hold it a little bit loosely. You're right. like, if you can show me where it's wrong, I'm, I'm happy to engage with that. And mm-hmm. that's a really rare quality, which is why you're where you are today, because you had an openness to, well, maybe that's not the way that it really is. Right. Is there anything right now um, that you're sort of believing that you can't see, I mean, you just addressed it a little bit, but that you're just like, there's just no way this is wrong. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I, I think that there is no way I see. I, I don't know if it's like, this is a double negative or something. <laughs> I don't know, but I think there's no way that the iron age slash bronze age feather dragon known as Yahweh and his wife Asherah, who came from the pantheon of gods out of Canaan, I don't think there's any way that they had anything to do with creation, with our our predestination, or anything happening in the world today whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know how <laughs> I could be, I could change my mind on that. I would need Yahweh to do something, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> But, to like lift up everything around you and just yeah start and so this goes back to the the question i i see of christian apologists arguing all the time about uh the big bang theory or yeah. creation versus evolution or whatever which they're not even against each other but <laughs> the point is i i like to just say like look you guys can argue all day long about you know uh intelligent design or whatever you want to do and that doesn't bring you any step closer to proving yahweh the Canaanite feather dragon from the bronze age had anything to do with it. You know? So it's like, I, I just think it's so funny that they're so heated over this topic of creationism and intelligent design and fine tuning for yeah. decades now. And it doesn't even bring them any closer to, to the no real you, issue. You know what it is? And I've heard this one often because uh, I have very, I have fundamentalist family still. And one of those family members will always say like, you know, back when you started seminary and you started doubting that it was a six day creation, I told you, if you lose this, that, if you lose Genesis, you lose the whole thing, (laughs) you know? And so for them, it's like the primary battleground when it comes to, we're going to, we're going to throw all our resources into proving that this is true. Cause if it's not, we're screwed. That's true. You know? And so it's not going well for them, I will say. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you're in, okay, so you're in Florida. Yeah. Um, talk about battlegrounds. <laughs> I mean, yeah. where where I am, you know, I have conversations a lot with people who are in the LGBTQ plus community and who are afraid and then will say, and I'm in Massachusetts, so I feel a little safer. Mm-hmm. And yet, Ron DeSantis is running for president. Um, he's doing a lot in Florida that is undermining the rights or removing the rights of people who seek gender affirming care. They're removing literature, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. What 
is that like for you in this moment to be in a state like that, to know that you guys are sort of at the helm of the national conversation when it comes to LGBTQ plus rights Mm -hmm. and how people are having those things removed. Are you engaged in any sort of political conversations around that? If so, what does that look like for you? Great question. And yeah, another thing that goes along with that is the whole Disney thing. I get news about Disney every single day. (laughs) It's literally 25 minutes from my house to Disney. So um, yeah. And Ron Ron DeSantis's feud (laughs) with Disney is so petty and (laughs) It just it just shows that he literally is making decisions based on vendettas and agendas and not yep. based on anything that actually matters. I mean, right. him trying to chase away $17 billion of revenue because he doesn't like that they disagreed with him on his don't say gay bill is just the like epitome of childishness. Yes. And, uh, he, Ron doesn't give a crap about the economy of Florida and all this. He just gives a crap about making his point. Yep. But yeah, they removed a bunch of books. That was super annoying to watch. And I looked through some of the books they removed and some of them don't even make any sense. It's crazy. And honestly, if you use the same criteria they use to remove books, the Bible shouldn't be there. And that really really annoys me. It's so true. (laughs) It shouldn't, man. It's so full of violence and incest and all kinds of stuff. Rape. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. Not safe Uh, for kids. That's for sure. Yeah. So I think it's so funny not to get too off topic here, but I think it's so funny that they're like, oh, the, the, uh, you know, the left, the left is grooming. They're grooming, they're grooming, they're grooming. And it's like, guys, you are grooming. Right. If anyone's grooming, it's you. You're grooming children to be forced straight, to be yeah. forced sexist, to be forced xenophobic. You're forcing that on them. You're grooming, literally. Yes. The projection is wild. So- it really is. Forget the amount of priests that have been convicted. Right. And and not just priests, pastor, evangelical pastors too. It's nuts. Yeah. 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 It's wild. So it's funny because literally, uh, so I'm going to just make a confession here, right? (laughs) I mentioned earlier that I'm really into holistic medicine and homeopathic remedies and stuff. So I haven't had a vaccine since 2013. Wow. Over 10 years. Yeah. None of my, uh, my youngest daughter has never had a vaccine in her Hmm. life. And Jackie, same thing. It's been over 10 years for her. Wow. So the, the COVID thing. And the argument and, the, and all that around that was for us never really a big debate. Yeah. It was just like, oh, well, we don't take that kind of stuff anyways, period. Yeah. But we won't even take like, I, I could get prescribed and probably should Adderall, but I don't want to take Adderall. Like yeah. I'd rather find something natural, like yeah. uh, I don't know, Kratom or something. Yeah. But um, so when when that whole debacle was going on with COVID and everyone arguing about whether or not it's safe and whether or not you're, you're a sheep if you take it, you're a sheep if you won't take it, if you're yeah. hating everybody and all this. Um, during that time, Ron DeSantis uh, passed a, a law or at least some sort of some sort of bill or amendment or something, basically saying in Florida, no one's going to be forcing anyone to get a vaccine for any job outside of the medical field. Mm. And so for me and my wife at the time, we loved that. We're yeah. like, yes, you know, thank you, Ron DeSantis. And, yeah. and we were still in the midst of deconstructing and stuff. And so we're like, this is good. He's about freedom. He's about he's about uh, individual rights, you know. Yeah. And even if I was still conservative, I'd still be saying that because it's starting July 1st. Everyone in Florida can conceal carry any any pistol they want without any license at all. Starting what? tomorrow, June. No, maybe it's July, maybe in a month. Wow. So he just made it legal. It's like, uh, I think 
Montana or North Dakota or some of these states are like that already. You can buy a gun easily. You can tuck it into your waist pants and throw your shirt over it and go anywhere you want. No license, no concealed carry, which is crazy for me because uh, I've had concealed carry permits before and you, you have to go to school and do training and do tests and, and all this to get one. And you have to re-up it every couple of years. So now it's just like, here, everyone can have guns and go run around with them. Oh, that's and wild. Was, yeah. Like when I was a conservative, I would have, again, I'd have been like, yay, thank you, Ron DeSantis, freedoms and liberty for all and all this. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, being uh, on the, a completely different end of the spectrum, mm. we're scared. We're literally yeah. scared. I mean, we have work sites that are empty because the, the, I mean, I don't even know what percentage, I don't want to overestimate or underestimate or, and I don't want to generalize either, but obviously there is a ton of labor in Florida that stems from Mexico Yeah, and excellent right. people, excellent community excellent everything we love these people and they've been extremely helpful to the growth of the economy in florida they work at disney they work at construction sites they work at amazon they work everywhere mm -hmm. and now if you even so much as house undocumented family member then they get deported and you go to jail so there are families who are legally working here wow who have been legally working for years who are leaving because they got cousins, uncles, friends, brothers, sisters, what daughters who aren't legal, who don't have a birth certificate or whatever the heck. And so now they're wow. like, well, we either split our family up or we all leave. Oh. So they're all leaving. And now there's these TikTokers running around filming all these empty construction sites, half half finished neighborhoods, half finished like uh department stores, just let project left, materials left, laying all over the place. Wow. So we got we're gonna have I think we're going to have a massive labor, massive labor shortage, but even over and above that, that is just like, that's racist. It's yes. like, it shows zero empathy for the people and the families who have been living here and working here for all this time. Wow. Um, and now they're just going to give guns to everyone. And now they're taking all the literature off the shelves in schools where if it has anything to do whatsoever with, with, with just, just acknowledging that gay people exist, yeah. uh, you know, and the list goes on. And now they're picking a fight with Disney. They're going to push that money out of the state. So what a mess. we went from feeling very safe and happy to be here. We're like, oh, yeah, mm. no masks for us, you know, and no vaccines for us. And again, I know that's triggering for some people. And yeah. I apologize. I completely understand both sides of this argument. And yeah. I do not think anyone's stupid for wearing a mask or being vaccinated. That's not my opinion. Mm -hmm. We just stayed home and didn't go around people, whatever. But now we feel unsafe. Now we feel like Ron DeSantis is single-handedly trying to like, I, I almost like wonder what his, like, what, where's he going with this? Like, what's his plan? Is he trying to like crash the housing market so that all his rich friends can come scoop up all the real estate? That's a great question. You know, it's funny because this is where when people will be like, oh, just acknowledge both sides are the same. I have such a hard time because I don't consider myself like a Democrat through and through, right? Right. But yeah. the, the situation you just described is dire. It's yeah. dire. And it's, yeah. not, and it's not like, it's not like we find the same kinds of rhetoric on the left. And that's where even with AOC, if you're not a fan of her, anybody like she's still, I mean, she's advocating for justice for oppressed people. That's her big push. I love AOC. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Right. And so, so like you're, you've got that end of the spectrum and then you've got people like Ron DeSantis and Trump who are the, the stalwarts of the Republican party. Mm -hmm. So while I think it's interesting to see this shift away from that and to, for people to be like, well, hold on, I want nothing to do with all this. Mm -hmm. People like you, myself, others who are waking up to that. 
Um, do you find for yourself or for other people that have also deconstructed just a full swing over to becoming going from Republican to Democrat? Because I actually really appreciate what you just described. I appreciate that you're like, well, we don't really do vaccines because X, Y, Z. You've thought that through. There's solid reasoning why that that anyone could have like a really intellectual conversation about. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to just be like, no, well, this is the democratic policy. So I'm, I want to fit. Right. And I appreciate that like nuanced, this is my worldview. Mm-hmm. And this is what I care about. This works for my family. Do you find um, that you're thinking about, well, I don't want to just fit neatly into this camp? Um, or is that not a part of your, your thought process? You just want to find out what the truth is. Yeah, you, the second one for sure. There's yeah. there's still policies, and I, I don't know if I can name any off the top of my head, but there's still policies that I see the Democratic Party pushing or the left pushing that I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can get on board with that automatically. Um, so it is a little frustrating because we, I think we naturally want to sort of congregate around people who we think are going to be like-minded and have the same ideals. Yeah, And generally speaking, um, liberals are more like-minded to me than they were two years ago. Yeah. But yeah, there's still, I still see debates and arguments about this and that where I'm like, uh, it, uh, it it's not about conservative or liberal. It's yeah. about, I just don't agree with this point or that point. Yes. So yeah, it is, it is a little frustrating because I, I'd like to just jump in and put the sticker <laughs> on my truck like I did with the, <laughs> with the other side. <laughs> it's easier that way but you can just like check the box and it's just nice and easy yeah. I, f- I find that you know i've been doing a lot of anti-racism content which is what i did when i was a pastor i mainly did a lot of racial justice work awesome. and so like i've gone from i started off with deconstruction and that's still i see them as hand in hand mm-hmm. but the thing i noticed the most is that when you talk about anti-racism or lgbtq plus folks you'll get people saying oh, you Democrats are all the same or you leftists. Mm -hmm. But what you said earlier in this conversation about empathy Mm -hmm. is really what this is about. That this is not about left, right. We're talking about compassion and empathy for people who have not received that, who are marginalized, who are spoken against. And ultimately, if that's your driving ethic, then you're, it seems like, and I don't know, you can, if, if you have examples from the other side, it seems like that would align you more often with liberal thinking. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to argue against <laughs> that in my opinion, because yeah. like you said, I mean, one side's taking away rights and one's trying to preserve or give them to people. Um, and do you find yeah. people pushing you on that? Do people come back with you? I know you're doing yours is a lot of deconstruction content, but do people call you a leftist, liberal, all that kind of stuff in your comments? Yeah, they do. They do. And uh, honestly, it's I already know from just experience being a micro influencer on the Internet that the ad hominems and stuff or the assumptions are just they come with the game. Yeah, but it's it's. It's even worse than that in a way. And I want to say there's a caveat to worse. I Mm. say that it's worse because they don't just say, oh, you're a leftist. Oh, you support gay rights. Oh, you you think women uh, should have equal rights and work and equal pay. And oh, you don't think women should be a a slave to the man. I wish I wish they would say that. That would be a pretty good, (laughs) accurate representation of what I'm saying. Yeah. Instead, they say you are gay you have 
you are you want you're looking at you you're transitioning right now with your long hair and your nose ring whoa uh, you are a simp you have no power over women and they overpower you and so you are just doing what's easy for you and this is how convenient for you that you can let your wife boss you around so it goes way it goes it goes way beyond and that's i don't so the reason i say i got to be careful by saying that that's worse is because yeah whether you support it or whether it's you it's the same it, it we, we fall it, it's worse for the people who really are like that and they're being attacked and i'm not even really most of the things they said Mm. Um, but the fact that they're attempting for me as an empathetic and sensitive person, it's worse for me personally, because yes. they're attempting to, uh, I guess, attack me or straw man me or, uh, or make me seem in what they think is immoral, mm. right? They want, they want me to seem immoral because it's an easy way to knock me off my, they can just ignore my arguments if they're like, well, you're just saying all this because you want to be gay now. And now you get to be gay because, you know, whatever. Wow. So that's that's extremely frustrating. Yeah. And it's frustrating for me because on the one hand, my reaction is to be like, look, <clears throat> I'm straight. I have mm -hmm. a wife of 10 years. I have four <laughs> kids. Uh, I would absolutely hold a woman's purse for her for a few minutes if I need to. I don't care. I listen to InSync, bro. I always have. <laughs> like, I don't care. But it's, it's annoying because it's like, on the one hand, what uh, if I was a gay simp transvestite? Right. Oh, does that change what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form? No. But on the other hand, it's like, dude, no. you're not even correct. You're making bad assumptions about me, just like you make bad assumptions about everybody else. Right. You can classify us all as being immoral then you don't have to listen to our arguments that, you know that's a really great point justin and i i wonder for you if this is the case where you have come onto this other side and you know we always grew up and you were an evangelist so you were always talking and trying to get people to convert to change their mm -hmm. mind you know repent all that sort of stuff but now to me what I hear over and over again from this conversation, from the last one, from some feedback I've heard from some people is like, it's a healing journey mm -hmm. that you're describing. And when you get those kinds of comments that bring you, like rip you back down into one health, it's like, um, you know, I've had comments where I'm like, are we, are we 12? Right. I'm not 12. That's this doesn't hurt me the way that you want it to, right. but it's frustrating because I'm right. trying to have a conversation with you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not that what you're accusing me of is terrible. Like, I yeah. don't care. It's the fact that you're trying to make accusations instead of rationalizing and lo using logic to right. have an adult conversation. It's, right. just... it's gotta be uber frustrating to hear those kinds of comments again, not because you're like, well, that would be bad if I were those things. Right. But because I'm trying to engage in some kind of pursuit of something more human, more whole, more healthy. And ultimately, it's us living out, you living out your healing journey in public. Yes. Yeah. Right? It is. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're putting that stuff out there and you're hearing from people that don't want you to heal because that means something that triggers something in them. Does it at all, like, what are the things that come up for you? Is it anger, hurt, frustration, sadness? Like, what are some of the things you feel when you get those kinds of attacks? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I like to be honest, you know, so I'm not perfect. And some people are so uh, persistent. And 
here's the way I see it. What someone says to me, uh, whether or not it has real meaning uh, that applies to me, is less important to whether or not I get irritated. Yeah. As their intent. Yeah. And so when I see the intent of people to try and do and say things about me and what I am and what I believe, that makes me very angry. Yeah. Makes me very angry. A lot of people say things to me. Look, I'm a black belt Marine Corps martial arts combat veteran, been doing martial arts my whole life. Like, I. I'm not saying I want to go in the octagon. I'll get broken half. I don't weigh enough anymore. But, you know, Joe Rogan, don't fight me, right? Uh, but like, the, the, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But the point is, is like I've proven enough to myself, you know, traveling the world, yeah. fighting in combat, flying around on helicopters, fast roping, going on crazy long hikes, and just overcoming challenges that are physical and difficult. Hmm. That I can do those things. That I'm. That I have the alpha which is just a construct by the way yes uh, that i have the alpha to accomplish whatever alpha thing i need to yeah you know um and i've always i've never had a problem like my relationship with women that my wife currently my ex-girlfriends my ex-wife has never been one where i'm like some puppy dog begging for some nookie you know like it's, <laughs> it's always been like me running around being like look, <laughs> look at all the cool shit that i do <laughs> We should mate. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. In the classic, traditional, like conservative, like I guess you would say traditional, like, you know, nature flex thing. Yeah, the way you were trained to be. Right, right. So it's not like, um, again, it's just a mischaracterization of who I am and the way yeah. I am with people in general and stuff. Mm. And so, again, it's again, it's not that it matters what my approach to getting laid is or yep. what my approach is to just getting, getting along with, that's the other thing for, from, for many guys on the alt-right, super far right, their relationship with women only involves sex it, yes. to them. It's all about the power dynamic, the yes. sex, whether or not she's giving it to you, uh, whether or not she's hot enough. Is she high value? Does she have a job? What is she yes. giving you? Like all this stuff. It's not about a friendship and a partnership of equals. It never was. And so to them, there has to be this like this power dynamic that's yeah. clear. The man's got to be covered in muscles and walking in the front while three women line up behind him, you know, carrying his black belt. Some women have been conditioned or they've been raised in environments like that to where they do think that's attractive. They do want a yeah. man that... Um, yeah. And of course, I think every every woman would agree that to some extent they like when a man takes initiative or has mm -hmm. ideas or plans things or takes, you know, and yeah, shows, of course. Yeah, who doesn't like that to right. stay as healthy or whatever? But but uh generally speaking, like those aren't the things that truly matter long term to both yeah. sexual attraction and um just having a real relationship, like an actual relationship yes. where uh you support and love in, in each other. And I, there, there's a a quote from uh, I don't know if you listen to hip hop or not, but I love hip hop. I do. I do. I write, I write rap and stuff. I love hip hop. No way. Right? I didn't know this. Much. Yeah, I have four okay. songs on the internet. They're Sick. kind of embarrassing, but um, so there's a there's a new Jack Harlow song, yeah. and I think it's with Doja Cat or something. Yeah. And there's this one line where she says, "He's got me on a leash because he said no strings." It's one little line she just put in there. He's got me on a leash because he said no strings, and so I like remember the other day talking to my my wife and being like. That's actually genius because what she just said is because my man isn't forcing me mm. to do something, I'm putting myself on a leash and handing him 
the handle. Wow. And this is what I wish more like of these wannabe yeah. alpha incels would understand is like, dude, calm down, lower yourself down a bit, equalize yourself with other human beings. Right. That just so happen to be people you want to have sex with. <laughs> like, become their equals love and support and defend them yes and they will love and support and defend you they'll you guys will have wonderful sex if whatever it is you're looking for but if, if the whole intent is just to have sex and treat your woman like crap then no wonder you guys aren't getting laid like you just right. can't that's not going to work for most people no and, and it's definitely not going to work long term for for anyone so yeah it's it's it's, it's just it's ironic because if you give people more freedom they'll be more likely to <laughs> well there it is okay yeah. no that's so spot on so so i'm yeah. gonna throw something bible bible related at you i love this one because i think there's a lot of ancient people ask me all the time can you still use the bible for anything? i'm like i don't have a choice it has such an influence over my life i don't know who i am without some of the wisdom I've garnered from the Bible. I love the book of Ecclesiastes. I don't even know how it got in the Bible because it's just- It is a good book. Um, also, the first three chapters of Genesis are quite brilliant in the sense that it's about, you get to choose between life and knowledge of the tree of good, of good and evil. So either judgment or life. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can put yourself in this position that will lead you to this path that we're on, which is, I judge you, which I think makes me better. You judge me, which you think makes you better. We're at war with each other, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So to me, that's like, oh, that's a brilliant piece of wisdom right there. Very, very like, or you can live and let live. Right. And when you're in this healing process that you've been describing, here's what I can think of when I hear what you've described to me is this, I'm, I am cleansing myself or undoing all this judgment that's been placed into me all this bullshit, all this like, you have to think this way or else you're damned or you're a simp or you're less than, or you name the insult or the condemnation and you've relinquished that. And it's like, it's religion, it's politics, it's gender, you name it. You're just checking off, wow, all these ways they were affecting me. I have to imagine from what it sounds like to me, from not just what it sounds like, my own experience, it's like, it's all too easy for us to be dragged back down and to be like, to validate in any way what people say about us. When the truth is that they're operating out of this antiquated way of looking at the world. And at some point you're just, you can't engage with it anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't produce any fruit within us. Right. And so I just wonder you know, not necessarily how does the Bible impact you or anything like that, but these conversations, do you find them with those people? Do you find them to be roadblocks to healing, like pauses for you to feel like bad about yourself or question your journey? Or do you, are they confirming? Uh, is it like, no, yeah, that's actually helpful to see that you think that way because I don't want that anymore. Yeah, I'd say that there was a period in my healing process where it would have been a roadblock for me. Yeah. Um, to engage with that it, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I was, I was already struggling with self-worth, self-value and purpose and, and things like that. And um, I was already like at, at a, at a boiling point essentially with 
I, I, I got to a point where I couldn't take in any more criticism, literally. That's why yeah. I had to go offline and just process the criticism I've already received and yeah. also um, just decide for myself what my worldview is. But now I'd say it's more on the confirming side Yeah, where I... I take a few minutes or sometimes I take a lot longer and I'll put together a little study or, or, or speech or something and I'll share it with people. And I got to admit to this day, no matter what I'm posting about, when I hit submit or post or go live or whatever, there's a part of me that's like, mm. I wonder if they're going to debunk the shit out of this. You know, there's a part of me that's like, I wonder if this is like going to uh, blow up in my face, you know? And I still feel that way every single time I post. Wow. But what happens is, I wait, I look at the comments, I look at the reactions and it's over and over and over. It becomes a source of confirmation instead, because mm -hmm. if there was a logical, rational, reasonable response or even a biblical response, a philosophical response that made sense, that made what I'm saying or believing or, or hypothesizing about null, then, um, I would then I would feel like maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I'm making a too big of a sum. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. I got to slow yeah. down and make sure I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But instead, I hit that button. I hit submit. It goes live, and I see for one a ton of wonderful, knowledgeable people like you <laughs> who have experience uh, and like all other creators, PhDs, yep. seminary pastor or been to seminary or pastors, whatever. Uh, who have all the experience and they're coming in and they're like, wow, that's, that's head on the nail stuff. Right mm. And then I go, okay, well, of course my peers agree with me. That's wonderful. But what about the Christian scholars? What are they going to say to my stuff? And inevitably it's like always like just either you know, moving the goalpost, a straw man, uh, ad hominem, uh, you know, changing the subject and I'm like, okay, this is confirmation for me because I just laid out something that's very like unemotionally factual from the scriptures and you can't provide me an unemotional factual response. You just get really pissed off. So um, when that person calls me gay or mm. a woman, someone called me a woman yesterday. Um, I just, as though, I just it's, as though it's an insult. I know. I just, I just, I just laugh now. Now I'm yeah. like, oh, I got him. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah now now when that comes in jackie's like oh you pissed them off man you got them this time they can't say shit except talk <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's when you got you get under their skin that way yeah. that's like oh man that did that to you for me to talk about this thing that has nothing to do with lgbtq plus people or women yeah. that got you to call me a woman right yeah exactly to, to undermine what i'm saying yeah, you just confirmed everything I thought was true. I mean, literally that you have no rationality for your belief. You just make emotional decisions. And like and that goes back to, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like I've been asked before too, is like, is it worth it for you to trigger all these people? Because you're making, I'm making a lot of people mad. Sure. And um, I think it is because yeah. I'm not trying to do them any harm. I don't want them to hate themselves or feel bad. I don't want them any of those things. I want them to to do what I did yeah. and go, whoa, why am I so triggered by this? Yeah. What is, okay, I'm, I'm shaking here. This atheist says something that I don't have an answer to and I'm pissed and yeah. I'm sad and I'm angry and I'm full of adrenaline. And I want to just tell them that they're gay. 
but for me, that translates into processing, processing, process a day later, two days later, a week later. And I'm like, shit, maybe they're right. You yeah. know, like, because I cannot answer this. Th this is, this is too tough. So I hope that so at some point, some of the things I say that trigger people initially will sink in over time. But yeah, when the initial trigger hits and they go off, you got to be like, ah, I know, man, I know. Calm down. I be I, I've been there. I've been I've there. Been <laughs> I know. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope this conversation inspired some new thoughts or questions within you. Until next time, peace, my friends.